Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode two of The Vibes, a podcast about just kind of random stuff. Uh, college football, NFL, sprinkle of A, sprinkle of B. I'm currently sitting in my closet because this is the tiniest room that doesn't echo in my house. And uh, sitting across from me, well, I'm Carrie, um, co-host, co-owner. Uh, sitting across from me is nobody. Uh, Hannah is gone for the days that we record for a couple of weeks. Uh, t- about two to three weeks, uh, she will be gone. Just during the days that, just during the days that record, she's gone just because she didn't want to see me. No, uh, she's uh, out of town for couple of weeks, couple of weekends, um, which is when we record the podcast, because that's, you know, when we only have, that's like the time, only time that we both have free time, uh, so unfortunately, she will not be joining us for a few weeks. Uh, if you're just listening to the podcast, just for her, you know, I, I promise not all my takes are super bad, uh, not my, all my analysis is dog shit, but she'll be back around episode four, episode five, really depending on how often we record these things. Anyways, uh, first week of college football has come and gone. There were a lot of exciting games, a lot of boring games, a lot of blowout games, a lot of really close games, a lot of upsets, a lot of upsets. There shouldn't be a lot of upsets, then they wouldn't be upsets. There were some exciting upsets, and there were some unfortunate non upsets we'll get that we'll get we'll get to that later anyways there were some really exciting players that came out justin fields looked really good jalen uh justin fields from ohio state uh jalen hurts the alabama transfer to oklahoma also looked really good you know who did not look very good university of michigan football um so normally I would let Hannah do this. Hannah's not here, as I've established. So I just kind of got to take my impressions. Um, I'm not a very good uh, reporter, or I'm not a reporter. Um, <laughs> I'm not a, a, a very good person at preparation. So I didn't actually watch, rewatch the game. I've only seen the game from the student section, uh, the Michigan-Middle Tennessee game. But there uh, were some things that I kind of took note of uh, while I was at the game. Um, first off, we'll go with the good. We'll go with the good. I thought our receivers looked really good. All right, here's kind of a bad. All right, I'm already lying. Uh, they could. Uh, some of our receivers can work on the jugs machine a bit more. Uh, work on you know catching you know 100 balls a week. There were a couple drops there, but all in all, I thought they looked really good. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones was injured, so our number one receiver uh, was Tariq Black, who caught the first touchdown of the season. And, you know, really good on him to uh, fight through adversity and fight through injuries and, and come back and, and really put on a show for the Michigan fans. Uh, he was a super highly touted uh, recruit coming out of, co- out of high school, excuse me, coming out of high school, and, you know, he just caught... A couple of unlucky injuries that really derailed his development uh, as wide receiver at in Ann Arbor, but it was really nice to see him come back and play the way that he did with the 
with the drive and with the speed that he did. Uh, I know how, like, I don't personally know, but I can, <laughs> I can uh, sympathize with how uh, emotionally, you know, tough it would be to be this, you know, superstar athlete, get injured, and then have to come back from that. So great on him. Another, another positive, I thought, was our tempo offense. Our tempo offense, I thought, looked really good. I thought Shea Patterson was really good at sh- shoot, shooting, uh, throwing those short to intermediate intermediate routes during tempo. It's, this especially took place early in the second half, late in uh, second half, early in the second corner quarter, uh, late late first quarter. I thought our tempo looked really good. I thought our offensive line looked really good. You know, obviously there were a couple of misassignments and a couple of blocks, uh, but I thought all in all in pass pro. You know, Shea had a ton of time to to throw the ball. I also thought our special teams looked kind of, uh, looked pretty good. I think there were like two or three punts uh, that were inside the five yard line. You know, which is absolutely insane when it comes to uh, field positioning. Just fantastic, uh, fantastic by our punters. Punter, uh, obviously, I would have loved to to score some more. Uh, the score was 40 to 21, I believe. Um, it, it the, the game was a whole lot of hell, lot, hell of a lot closer than the uh, box score seems to suggest. Um, at least uh, from the student section, it, it felt that way. Um, but yeah, g- fantastic uh, offense. Uh, fantastic special teams. I apologize. I thought they played really well. Another person I, I was really impressed with was uh, this rookie running back, I believe. Not rookie. Freshman running back, uh, Zach uh, Charbonnet. Carbonet. Um, he looked really explosive. Um, just from what I could tell, he seemed to be hitting the right holes. Really explosive. I don't know exactly what his uh, yards per touch were, just because I haven't looked up the stats. But from what I remember, he looked... He looked like he could be the starter. Um, I think he's like more of an elusive, like fast back rather than like a big bruising, you know, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Carson type of guy. But I think I think he he could do really well for us. I also don't know how well he is in the passing game and on uh, pass blocking, so I don't know how often we'll see him out there. But again, he, if I remember correctly, he's still very young. Uh, he is like a tr- freshman or a true freshman. Um, but he looked really good. He looked really explosive. So that's the good. Oh, with another good. Um, our defense. Uh, I don't know how many starters were returning. If Hannah was here, she would probably know the number off the top of her head. But I personally don't. Um, I didn't have very many high expectations going into our defense. But I thought they played fast. I thought they played Fairly well-disciplined football. Um, they were always, you know, running towards the ball, which was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think we got a group of uh, raw. I'll I'll say they're raw, but I think they have the potential to be, you know, very good if not great. Uh, it very good or if not a great defense defensive unit. Um, but anyways, that's the good, uh, time to go to the bad. 
Um, just look at the first play, dude. It was a fumble. Shea Patterson, you gotta you gotta protect that ball. Uh, I don't know if you watch John Gruden's QB camp. Obviously, he's not running that show on ESPN anymore because he is coaching the Oakland Raiders. But he had a drill where the QB would have to run through uh, John Gruden and a bunch of assistants with pool noodles, pool noodles, uh, pool noodles, and they would just hit the QB to force him to secure the ball with both hands. You know, we don't want to we don't want to turn the ball over because that's just allowing the other team to potentially have more possessions than we do, which isn't a good thing. It's all it's all a numbers game, right? Um, so yeah, that was you know obviously we started the game uh, not fantastic. If we did let them score off <laughs> off of that fumble, uh, this comes to my next point, which I would think is the tackling. The tackling looked kind of weak. I don't know if this is just because of the first game or it's because they're new guys and haven't really been starters, but I'm just thinking of back to like the first touchdown. There were three defensive linemen who were uh, at the quarterback and the quarterback slips away for a touchdown. Um, I know the feeling because I'm a Russell Wilson fan and I'm a Seahawks fan and I see Russell Wilson do this like at least like a half dozen times during the NFL season, but it, you know, if we want to be a good team, if we want to play with the elite teams, uh, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State, you know, we, we have to we have to tackle a bit better there. Um, another thing I was kind of underwhelmed with was Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson. Um, obviously, I'm just a, a guy in his closet recording this, speaking to my laptop. So I don't know the offense and I don't know what the correct uh, progressions are and I don't know that type of stuff. But it seemed to me that Shea was staring down his receivers a lot. It seemed to me that he was, you you guys can see this on, if you guys go back and watch the game or if you're watching it like live, you just see his head look one direction. And uh, that's super dangerous for a couple of reasons. Maybe not so much for when we're playing like a Middle Tennessee or a Rutgers or, you know, like in Maryland, even though Maryland absolutely destroyed uh, Howard um, 79-0 last week. But no shade, no shade. But still, it's it's okay to do this when you're like facing lower competition. But as soon as like you're facing like an Ohio State or an uh, Alabama, or a, you know, a, a team with like an LSU, a team with like a really good and a, like elite defense, with really fast, really smart uh, DBs. There's no way you can do that. There's no way you can stare at one side of the field, and not almost get the ball picked off by a, by a safety who's reading your eyes, or having your wide receiver getting the ball on target but then having your wide receiver get blown up by a safety that's coming across to hit him obviously this is a a contact sport and there's going to be injuries but you know they're only college students they're 18 19 20 years old so we really want to limit those hits that they're taking and we don't want them to you know have a season ending or maybe a career ending injury um just because 
you're staring at one side of the field. Again, I don't know if this is a one-read offense, you know, a one-read throw. If the read isn't there, you run the ball, um, or if it's an actual make go through uh, go through your progressions, you know, wide your wide, your first target, your second target, your third target, your check down, and then run. Um, I don't know if it's like that. Uh, but that was something that I'd noticed. I'd noticed quite early on when I was sitting there in the stands uh, watching the game. And I guarantee you, if I noticed it, uh, coaches would have noticed it as well. Um, so, yeah. Again, I don't know if this is like an actual game plan or if it was actually part of it or if it just happened to be Shea's like uncomfortable with the offense, different trust his reads uh he's too slow to have multiple reads x y and z you know it could be like multiple different things just something i noticed um something else i noticed uh was shay's accuracy um and pocket presence uh so again he was staring down a couple of receivers a couple uh i want to say basically all the time but i i don't want to i don't want to uh, put that out there and not have any evidence to back it up, but I felt like he was staring down his receivers quite a bit, and um, as a result, he wasn't really focused on blindside pressure. I, I remember he got absolutely blown up uh, in the back blindside uh, by a defender because he was staring down a receiver on the right-hand side. Uh, I got absolutely destroyed. Um, I might have been hallucinating that. I don't know, but... Uh, that's what I remember, at least. You know, you got to have that pocket presence. I felt like after he took a couple of hits, he was really kind of overthrowing some of his receivers or, like, being a little bit off target with them. And, like, our receivers are good enough to adjust to the ball, but <laughs> not when the ball is, like, you know, 15 yards over their head. Uh, another thing uh, that I didn't really necessarily enjoy oh, is how many takes Chris, uh, Dylan McCaffrey, not Christian, Dylan McCaffrey and Shea Patterson were taking when they ran the ball. I'm like, dude, I understand fighting for every yard and all that stuff, but you guys are quarterbacks. You guys are kind of important to the team. Um, so let's kind of learn how to slide, know when to run out of bounds, when to slide, and when to fight for those extra yards. On a first and 10 and you have 14 yards, you don't need to fight for an extra two. Just slide, give yourself up. You protect yourself from injury. You know, um, you help the team by having continuity there because they don't have to sub you out for um, a backup um, and you just you take less you take less damage to your body you know I know you guys are big tall strong guys but you know look at Cam Newton look at Andrew Luck look at Big Ben they're injured they're always injured Andrew Luck retired because of injuries so even if you're big and durable doesn't look at Carson Wentz doesn't mean that you should be fighting for those um extra yard you know if it doesn't necessarily require for, require it talked about tackling talk about my dbs the dbs being fast talk about i think that's about it um i don't i didn't watch much of the defensive line um i remember there being like some good plays i thought we blitzed really well i thought we got a lot of pressure on blitzes I don't know about on our base packages. Um, I'd have to go back and watch the film. 
sorry for not preparing guys um oh another thing that i, I kind of was unimpressed with was uh our inability to uh cover little flat routes you know a little uh sh small out routes not out routes but like definitely uh high percentage completion rate behind the line of scrimmage or like close to the line of scrimmage like those throws so like s the small speedy guys who would then you know uh take it down the sideline for like seven or eight yards a pop um i felt like we had really had an inability to to deal with that um there were a couple plays that were blowing up in the backfield behind the line of scrimmage number 31 had one on a screen i believe where he just blew up a receiver on a wide receiver screen but i also remember there being a bunch of times where we were getting absolutely torched by little dump off passes to running backs or to wide receivers um again we got away with it because it was middle tennessee level of competition isn't as high but as soon as you're gonna play a bama a texas you know with elite level wide receivers wide receivers that are going to go to the nfl and project to the nfl as nfl wide receivers it's going to be tough um it's going to be tough just you know allowing those two yard dump off passes to go for 14 yards um other than that that those were like kind of my uh initial impressions on the michigan game um we did win which is god bless we should have um yeah there wasn't an upset here um we did win i just don't think it was in the format that i would have loved it to be uh obviously i know the coaches are kind of holding back on offense and defense they don't want to put a lot of stuff on film for their opponents to be able to to watch and to learn um obviously they're rolling out the playbook more and more as the season progresses so i'm excited to see i'm excited to see it um hopefully this year will be osu please i'll actually be here for that game um which will be exciting anyways uh let's get on to the predictions um if you weren't here last week last episode episode one uh let me give you a quick recap of what's going on hannah and i are in like a little friendly competition we picked 12 teams uh, all power five teams I think should be all power five teams and then i have so we got a spreadsheet with uh whoever their team and their opponent it the team and their opponent and we're just picking uh winners um we didn't decide to mess with spreads because that was a, a bit too complicated uh i don't know what the pluses and minuses mean i look it up every single time i have to i have to check them um but so it's like when georgia plays vanderbilt or you know this week when georgia's playing murray state you obviously know georgia's gonna win um so it kind of reduces the fun a little bit but at least we have like upset potential teams um anyways we had 12 teams total there were 11 games that we had to uh predict last week i got 10 correct hannah got eight correct um we had a bunch that were the same. The ones we didn't have uh, similar were Northwestern, Stanford, Auburn, Oregon, uh, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Fresno State, USC. Um, Hannah picked Northwestern to win, Auburn to win, Virginia Tech, and Fresno State. 
only one she got right was Auburn, and that was with 10 seconds left on the clock. Uh, so I, I I didn't get my full 11 points. I only got 10, uh, while Hannah got 8. Because I picked uh, Stanford, Oregon, Boston College, and USC to win. And Oregon lost with, you know, like 10 seconds left. <sighs> Man, Oregon. So I'm from, I'm from Washington State, so I grew up watching Pac-10 football. Uh, they were never really good, uh, to be honest, especially the Washington Huskies. Never great, never fantastic. I remember being super hyped for Jake Locker, um, thinking he'd be a, the next great NFL quarterback. Uh, he was not, unfortunately. Um, and so so I know Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-12, it's now called, uh, has always kind of been the laughing stock of NCAA college football. Um, so man, when Oregon, dude, Oregon, when you're up 21-6 with like four minutes left in the third quarter and then you lose, man, dude, you're (laughs) really just embarrassing the Pac-12. Why you gotta do me dirty like that, man? Why you gotta do me dirty like that? Uh, I think they, I think they lost, uh, with nine or ten seconds left, uh, Auburn scored a touchdown. Um, Oregon got the ball back, driving down the field, and then Justin Herbert just fucking throws the football out of the back of the end zone. Didn't even give a chance for his wide receivers to to come down with it to to make a you know game winning play. Um, something everybody on campus would be talking about forever. Uh, come back, they were the dog and to come back uh, to be ahead and then lose and then come back with only 10 seconds left that would have been an amazing story but oh well um they play nevada this week so it's gonna be a much easier game uh guaranteed blowout probably uh probably throw in a couple of uh backup backup players just for some experience um so we got that wrong that was a pretty close game I thought it was going to be close. Um, a game that wasn't super close was USC Fresno State. Fresno State was like I think a double point uh, favorite to win, um, and USC ends up winning, um, even though there was an injury to their starting quarterback, JT Daniels, um, in the first half. He's tore two ligaments in his leg, and then an 18-year-old, you know. True freshman QB comes in and leads them to victory. I don't know if the QB did much. They only passed for 57 yards. Uh, he only passed for 57 yards. But their QB, their their running backs, excuse me, their running backs really stepped up. I think a uh, total of 100 over 180 yards in uh, in this in this win. And um, this week they play Stanford, uh, which is going to be a close game. I'll get that to a, I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, actually, we can get get to that now. There weren't really many other games that were super super exciting. Um, so this week, uh, I'll get to the picks that Hannah and I both picked the same, and then I'll 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 run through some of the differences that we have. Um, this week, we both picked Wisconsin over Central Michigan. We both picked Boston College over Richmond. Both picked Oregon over Nevada. Georgia over Murray State. 
UCF over FAU, Michigan over Army, and Virginia Tech over Old Dominion. Oh, also Oklahoma over South, over South Dakota. Uh, man, dude, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I just a uh, quick tangent, quick aside here. Um, Oklahoma looks good. Jalen Hurts looks good. Like, I'm pretty sure uh, Saban benched him because he didn't think Jalen Hurts was like that good of a quarterback. Um, it wasn't that like that good at throwing the ball, but I don't know what Lincoln Riley did. I don't know what's uh, what's in the water uh, over there in Norman, but Lincoln Riley to you know two years ago with Baker Mayfield, two time walk on last year with Kyler Murray, a baseball player, and this year with like an outcast from Alabama. Um, I don't know how Lincoln Riley does it, but he's doing a damn fine job over there. And if if he has three Heisman winners in a row, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe he should jump up to the NFL if he really wants to. Um, <laughs> guaranteed there would be tons of jobs available um, at the end of the year. Um, I just think he looks really good. I think he looks really, really good. Um, I think Oklahoma is probably a top three team. Maybe like Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma. Um, I think they're, I think their defense would not stand up to like the powerhouses of a, of a Bama or a Clemson. Um, but anyways, I was gonna get to the two differences that Hannah and I had. Um, LSU plays Texas. I like Texas. Hannah likes LSU. Uh, LSU is a bit higher. I think there are six in the AP poll. I think Texas is eight. AP poll, top 25. Let me just check that. Uh, Should have done my research before, huh? LSU is six. Texas is nine. Um, I like Texas. I think Texas has... A really good quarterback. Um, I'm pretty sure he was in the Heisman conversation last year and this year. Uh, they have a really good wide receiver. I think Colin Johnson. Yeah. Uh, so I think he was a projected first round pick last year. And then he decides to forego the draft and go back to Texas and play to play his senior year. Um, Oh, which is like, which is like, all the power to you, man. Uh, if you have fun there, um, <laughs> just go have more fun, man. <laughs> but yeah, uh, LSU. I think uh, what all the pundits were saying was like they have a really good defense. Um, even though uh, Devin White got drafted in the first round last year, they still bring back a lot of uh, good talent and a lot of good players. Um, uh, I don't know what Hannah's reasoning on this is. Maybe she just looked at the the AP AP poll, but uh, I'm kind of high on Texas this year. I think I think Texas could could make a push um, for like a top 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 seven top five top five slot um, at the end of the year. Uh, well, I don't. Know. We'll have to see. So yeah, uh, Hannah wants LSU. I want Texas. Um, our second and last uh, disagreement is USC and Stanford. 
Hannah has USC. I have Stanford. Uh, USC, like I said, lost their starting quarterback. Stanford also lost their starting quarterback. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, if I remember correctly, Stanford's starting, now starting quarterback, previously backup quarterback, was also a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Don't know how much that means. But what's really intriguing to me about Stanford is their defense. Uh, they only allowed uh, 12-27 passing uh, to Northwestern last week and only 93 yards on the ground on 33 attempts. So I think this defense is, can, can be really good. And this defense against a true freshman quarterback who probably still has a bunch of nerves on him, still probably doesn't understand the offense completely, um, I think this defense might have a field day and, and, and be able to perform really well um, against USC. Uh, personally, that's why I picked them. I don't know how where they are in the polls. Maybe I shouldn't have exited out of the polls. Um, Stanford is 23. USC, I believe, is not ranked. Um, yeah. Oh, USC. Oh, USC got received received a single vote. So you know what? Good for them. Uh, Stanford is ranked. Um, I think Stanford is favored, but I think it's maybe less than a point. Um, so it's basically a pick 'em, and I believe it is Stanford USC. It is Stanford at USC, so USC should have a, a three-point. Um, should have a three-point favorite because they are. They should be. No. Yeah. So they. So they get three three extra points because it is. They do have home field advantage. Um, but let's just check Odd Shark. Yeah. So it's it's a three-point for for Stanford. Uh, so that's basically a six-point on a neutral field. I have Stanford. I have Stanford winning. Um, I do think it's going to be a tight, a tight game though, just because they're both kind of hurt. Um, I don't really know how how well they'll play. That those are our predictions for week two of college football. Week one of NFL football has just started. Um, Rams, not Rams. What am I saying? Uh, Packers. Bears just finished up a couple hours ago. It was a real boring game. It was like 10-3. I don't think Aaron Rodgers looked too good. Uh, Antonio Brown, who knows who knows what's going on with him right now. He's got another dispute. Might be suspended. Um, excited for the Seahawks to play. Uh, apparently DK Metcalf is f ready to go. Ready to go, fired up. Also excited to see how Baker Mayfield plays. Uh, this year with Jarvis Landry and with Odell Beckham Jr. and Nick Chubb. And really excited to see how he progresses. Excited to see how Patty McHolmes um, takes his third year. If he takes another leap, if he does, then I think he's probably my AFC favorite to, to win the Super Bowl. If Tom Brady doesn't look like Tom Brady. That's a big if because, you know, he's still got uh, the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick there. Um, but, yeah, really excited. Excited to see Arizona. Arizona and see what they bring. 
uh, if Cliff Kingsbury's air raid uh, Texas Tech's offense, Texas Tech offense can translate to the NFL. Um, I think that that'd be super exciting for the game. So yeah, really excited for well football to start back up, which it already has, but you know what I mean. So yeah, the that's about it. I think we're done. We're done. I'm done uh, with the podcast. Hopefully, it'll actually be released on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on time. This time, I don't believe the other podcast is even up. Uh, so if you are listening to this, uh, hi, Mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you are listening to this right now, you're probably just one of our friends. But you know what? Thanks for the support. Uh, again, Hannah won't be back for another couple of weeks, so you all are stuck with me. If you didn't want to listen to her takes and her opinions on everything, she does have another podcast with uh, her friend Harley. It's called Views from the Stadium Boulevard. Oh, Views from Stadium Boulevard. My bad. Uh, it's about all things Michigan sports. Right now, it's all about Michigan football. Basketball season's all about Michigan basketball. Uh, they have little little crushes. They follow people's Instagrams and stuff. They talk about that. They talk about the outfits that some of the prospects wore to the NBA draft was a podcast. Yeah, so just fun stuff. It's really from like a student's perspective, and it's really worth the listen. They giggle a lot, so maybe uh, if you're not into that, don't listen. Uh, no, but actually, uh, I at least at least go listen to one. They're on they're on Anchor and they're on Spotify. I think they're trying to get approved on Apple Pods, um, podcasts. So yeah, I'll I'll drop a link below. Also, I'll drop a link to all of Hannah's social media and my social media. If you ever have questions or want to contact us or you want us to talk about a certain topic, uh, just DM us on Twitter, DM Hannah first, because I don't check Twitter very much. Uh, just joking, not actually. You can DM me. I wasn't joking about me not using Twitter that much, though. But yeah, anyways, social media is down below. And if you've gotten this far, thanks for listening. Mom, it must be a really boring flight.